Hi, everyone. This is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish. You were saying a different topic that we usually, that we typically have had. Cover, yes. Because it's not even about books or a book, but a book adjacent topic, which is magazines. (laughs) It's about reading. They're the same. You're right. (laughs) And that's the connection. (laughs) Reading. Think think of that like Spongebob meme where he's like, it's that rainbow. What is it? Like fun. That's what you're saying. Connection. Connection. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that is what we are talking about today. Before we do that, let's get into our current read. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I recently finished The 40 Rules of Love by Elif Shafik. I loved it. I really, really, really enjoyed it so much. I really want to read more Aleph Shafik. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've mentioned this on here yet, but so this book is about Rumi and his soulmate, I guess, who is Shams. His name is Shams. Um, and Shams is a whirling dervish or, okay, he's a dervish. Um, he did dance. I don't know why I said whirling dervish. Anyways, He's a wandering dervish. That's the word I was looking for. So Shams is a wandering dervish and he has these 40 rules of love. And I'm pretty sure he actually, this is like an actual book that exists because he created it, but he has these 40 rules of love and they're so beautiful and you get introduced to them throughout the book. And I just really connected to them. So you have this story between Shams and Rumi, but at the same time, you have a parallel story happening in a different timeline of a woman in modern day, in the modern day, she's living this very mundane, regular life. And then she starts, um, starts reading this book because she starts working at a literary agency and the book is about Shams and Rumi. So that's how you get the two timelines. I'm not sure if that was a little confusing. But the point is, I really enjoyed this book. And I thought it was so cool to be put back into the time of Rumi, which is, I believe, the Abbasid Empire, or like around that time period in the Middle East, but specifically, um, a lot of the time in Konya, which is in modern day Turkey. And it was such an interesting time period because there was a lot of warfare going on. The Mongols were um, attacking a lot of the region. The Crusades were going on. And so it was like a very dangerous time. So there's so much like historical context that you get. And then just the story of Shams and Rumi is so beautiful. And Shams himself is such an interesting person. And I just thought that, I mean, he was a little annoying, to be honest. Like I I think a lot of these very um, spiritual men are like kind of annoying because I think they're granted freedoms and liberties that women are not granted, even if they do have the same things to share as these men. But that said, I just really vibe with the story. And I thought that the lessons the book gave were so beautiful. Yeah, I definitely want to read more of Elif Shafik. <laughs> um, and then aside from that, I picked up Philosophy Magazine. It's French, so it's Philosophy Magazine. I'll show you Aisha. Um, and this episode is all about sleep, which is so interesting. But it's it's also like because it's philosophy, it's not just talking about like, oh, you know, like why sleep is good for you. Cause I listen to a lot of podcasts about why sleep is important and good for you. But it's more like so topics are like exploring tiredness, taking a nap, interpreting your dreams, and waking up slowly, you know, like those kind of things. And so it's a very sort of like romantic intellectual approach to sleep, which I'm really excited about. And I've been reading it. It's like really fun. So yeah, I'm excited to have discovered a new magazine. I've had 40 Rules of Love on my TBR for a while. So that's good to hear that you enjoyed it. So I'll get that at some point. Who knows when? But the book that I am... Jokes. I didn't start Ariadne or Little Life. 
Uh, well, um, still, still those eight rules of love by Jay Shetty. But I bought a new book on Monday when I went to, when I was getting ready to go see Lewis Capaldi in concert. There was a politics and prose bookstore location in the wharf in DC. So I went in, I was like, well, got some time to kill. Let's walk around. And I was like, all right, I don't need a book. I have plenty at home, but let's see. And so I think I was just in the vibes for a nonfiction book. So I was like, let's see what they have here. And I ended up buying Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, I think. And I've had this on my TBR for a while. And I'm very intrigued by it. I think we kind of talked about it briefly earlier this week, but it's basically just focusing on, I don't want to say female pleasure during sex in the patriarchal world that we live in. It's always focused on like what men like. And so this is obviously meant to flip the switch. I think this book is great because, I mean, so like, I'll just name some of the part, this chapter title. So anatomy, no two are alike, the dual control model, your sexual personality, context and the one ring to rule them all in your emotional brain emotional context sex in a monkey brain cultural context a sex positive life in a sex negative world arousal lubrication is not causation desire spontaneous responsive and magnificent orgasm pleasure is a measure and finally love what's true the ultimate sex positive context so i think she's like hitting a variety of different things that's more of like a journalistic scientific approach um no that that sounds really good i've heard only good things about come as you are honestly i yeah i had i posted this on my stories and a friend from high school was like this is a really good book so there you have it on my tbr all right magazine so why don't we start off with like our current favorite magazines or ones that we're liking? Yes. Day. It's so funny because I feel like in the present day, I don't read as many magazines as I maybe used to Same. when I was a lot younger. Because I feel like magazines used to be such a thing, like especially in the 90s. I don't know. You know, like you know how every single rom-com film, the protagonist was like an editor in a magazine? <laughs> yes. Reason. And then they're doing those quizzes. It's like... Is he into me? All right. that. We were doing those quizzes too. <laughs> yeah. 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 That did was it, just the vibe. Back into school? No, it didn't. But Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. No, magazines really introduced us to a lot of things back then. I'll say that. But to, to present a few current favorites, one magazine that I have been a fan of for quite a few years now, starting in university, is Tatler Magazine. It's a British magazine, and it's sort of like a lifestyle. No, it is. It is a lifestyle mag. And it's so funny and so fun to read. I treat it like my guilty pleasure. I'm not subscribed or anything. I don't have any magazine subscriptions. But every time I just want something, it's almost like a piece of chocolate. Like it's such a different feeling than reading a book to me because there's like so many different little parts of a magazine. You've got different sections. You've got, you know, recipes and quizzes and, you know, what to wears and interesting articles. Um, I think a magazine that presents a lot of different options is very fun to read, which is why I like Tatler. It's also written in such a fun, cheeky manner. The articles are witty and interesting. The topics are of interest to me. Yeah, that's just one of my um, my favorites that I've had for a little while now. Do you do you read Tatler, Aisha? I honestly don't. Like, mm, I think it's a good one. When you wanted to buy it when you're in London for my birthday, I was like, I have 
never really heard. It's not one that like my mom gets. So uh, right, I remember that. I was so excited to buy Tatler in London. Let's let's talk about let's talk about that real quick. Like slight slight tangent. We were in London for the weekend, celebrate my birthday, and there's a Sainsbury's across our hotel. We're like, let's quickly grab a bottle of prosecco so it could pre whatever. Like it wasn't even pre dinner, but it's like let's let grab a bottle of prosecco. And I really wanted some salt and vinegar crisps. Julia wanted a Tatler. That's all we're getting. And they all would have gone together. So amazing. Perfect combo. Yes. And Julia's like, no, let me pay. Okay. But they (laughs) wanted to check her ID. And she doesn't carry her ID because the drinking age is 18. And, you know, at that time, we were both 26. And this lady was like, no, I need ID. I was like, well, I have my ID. I could show you. And she's like, no, because they thought Julia was underage and I'd be giving her the alcohol. And it's like, man, this is, drinking age is 18. Julia does not look under 18. I also don't look under 18. We couldn't, I think we couldn't even like leave. I was like, I'll like leave. <laughs> oh no. They basically, yeah, you were like, I'll go get my ID. And they just wouldn't believe us at all, which is the funniest thing because when I told this to my mom, she was shocked. She told her friends and they were also shocked that the Saints Reese gave us such a hassle to get a ball of Prosecco. And it's like, if I was underage drinking, do you really think I was going to get Prosecco? Yeah, like, and how, like, I mean, do I look me. like I'm 16? Like, what in the world? Um, it's just the funniest. <laughs> it's just the funniest because, like, any Saints, like, my local Saints race in England don't think twice when I'm with my mom. Oh, yeah. No, I've bought things at Sainsbury's yeah. and not been carded at all. You know, they're like, sure. I think the lesson is always carry your ID, though, Julia. That is the lesson, which is weird. I carry it with me all the time. Now, I don't really know what I was doing <laughs> there, but I should have should have thought but anyway so that so sad that i didn't get the toddler we were just we were just pissed and we're like we're just gonna go yeah uh so that's aisha's brush with toddler mag but uh <laughs> no i highly recommend it it's sort of i mean t- to sort of explain what it's like i would say it's maybe a mix of like town and country and then i don't know enough other mags it's basically like a cheekier town and country but then like british so it just okay, sounds wait, really posh. It's my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what makes it so fun to read. I mean, if you guys are also really interested in Royal Goss, the British aristocracy, all great, all great things to read about in Tyler Mag. <laughs> and then a new favorite of mine, which I think I have mentioned somewhere on this podcast, is O Reader Mag. And this one I found a few months ago now, browsing in Barnes and Nobles on Oahu. So at this point, Tatler was like the only magazine I I was reading and or interested in for the most part. And for some reason, while I was just browsing the magazines, hoping to find Tatler, <laughs> which wasn't there, um, I saw a reader. And you know, as a reader, uh, my eyes were caught. I don't know what I was saying. Were interested. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked it up and I immediately was like, this is so up my alley. It is a magazine that is dedicated to readers and it has everything a reader would want and would want to connect to. It's got, you know, they start off with their own TBR. The issue that I had also had a little bookish um, gift uh, guide. And then there's just different articles from a variety of writers on separate bookish 
ideas content content yeah just like different types of content like they can range from like the personal to like the the more general just like so many different ideas and but then all things that you can really relate to as a reader which I really liked I mean because a lot of times in a magazine even in for me Tatler right there's articles I don't want to read there's pages that really don't interest me in this magazine every single page every single story really interested me and I, I found it to be such great value um, because of that. I also loved the fact that the magazine actually has a matte finish instead of a glossy finish. So it's more like a book in that sense. Yeah, I wanted to talk about O Reader for a bit because I put that down for me. Um, so I got it because you had mentioned it and recommended it. So I, I have yet to finish the edition I have, but I was reading it and I really do like it. Um, I wish they gave more like kind of TBR stuff rather than mm-hmm. just so slipping through. I was like, oh, this is like just a lot of op-eds, which is great. But also I kind of wanted a bit more of, I'm not saying give us TBRs, but you know, oh, this is a new and upcoming book. Let like, do an interview with an author about this book. Cool. I think that would have been nice rather than just fully op-eds. Mm, I um, agree with you. Because I have to say, I agree and disagree with relating to the op-ed. So there was one that, oh my God, that one touched me deep in my soul. Oh, wow. This uh, writer, she is a Hindu American, like myself. And her article was about basically the Hindu respect of books and how in our religion, it is considered disrespectful having your feet touch books or like even pointed towards books. Yes, even and in the, the East Asian cultures. <laughs> like it angers me when I see people on bookstagram posting pictures like it looks cool but also it doesn't look cool at all where they're it's like upside down to your shoes like the the sole is pointing up and they have a book on top of it and I just think that is disgusting and it's because I was raised to never have your feet your shoes touch a book because that I'm also not religious like this author so that's why I was like okay I really vibe with you that here we are this is something that's been ingrained in us like from our family respect books can't have your feet touch it but we're like still so like where does this come from in our religion but we're also serious book lovers so I think it plays even more into it but it pees me to know and when I see pictures on bookstagram and I'm generally like I I don't want to like this picture because I think it is rude and it's also like your shoe is dirty why is the bottom of your shoe touching a book if you're such a book lover like this doesn't make sense to me like you're not respecting your I like I said I felt that in my soul deeply I I immediately followed that author on our Twitter I like this that's so I think funny. I want to send in an op-ed saying, like, I really appreciated this article. My mom would – even when I did, like – I mean, I'm trying to think what I, like, did to a book that my mom would be like, Julia, don't do that. But, it's, again, it's the same thing in, like, East Asian culture. I think even, like, putting a book I – mean, no, not on the floor. I mean, I store books on the ground. I don't know. But I totally feel where you're coming from. I guess I was going to say – I mean, I think, I think what it is with the floor thing is, like, whether you're putting it there versus, like, you kick it off or it, right. it falls Right. Yeah, off. it's different. you're kind of like, oh, like, let me – I yeah, know, like the purpose like, behind oh God, it. Where it's good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, was I going to reply to something else you said? I'm forgetting. But I did want to say, I think you're right. Like, I guess I didn't necessarily connect deeply to every single op-ed, but I think I appreciated all of them because they were about the author's connection with reading and I appreciate that, you know? I appreciate that. I don't know. So, like, the one I'm going through, I mean, so I liked that one where she talked about feet and books and, like, the legend there. <laughs> I know it sounds so weird, but like just like like the Hindu aspect of not doing that. 
Um, there was one that was kind of talking about, I really like this one where she's saying, I, maybe I'll try it next year. She wanted, this person wanted to write a re- review for every book she read. And I thought that was really interesting because I've never thought about that. I'm like, I'll do it if I, if it resonates with me, if I really liked it, didn't like it or sign up for an arc. Like there's some books I'm like, you're not worth my time to write a review. Oh, uh, true. Men. There was one, I just, I really skimmed it. I was, I don't, I was not getting it at all. I mean, I've, I have yet to continue through it, but it, I think it was just basically them talking about, the point was to talk about how whatever books are available in your household, that how that affects like your reading style. But it didn't seem to go to talk more about his reading style going forward. Mm. And this is like, oh, well, these are the books that we had in our house. And this is what I read. And it's like, okay, cool. But maybe say you now as a 30 year old, I like to read these how that impacted you. Mm. Or I don't like reading those, like those types of books because that's all we had, you know? Uh, interesting it, so it was kind of like a what was the point of this like I didn't see it didn't do anything I mean that still me. sounds interesting but I think what you're saying is that he could have developed it further that's yeah. like an interesting subject to write on I like that I, I just see I feel like they're all like so in like I can take inspiration from from so many of these articles and like think about it on my own and ruminate and that's fun I do agree that I wish there was more diversity I guess I didn't think about that originally but I think that would be so nice to have the author interviews was there an author interview in mind I guess it some of those people the who are writing are writing those things are act are authors yeah. but I think it'd be nice that this indie book whatever this book is no, coming out mean. next yeah. month or during this quarter let's interview this person. I think that could have been different because mm. it's like you get a lot of book recommendations, TBR, and then it's just a bunch of op-eds and mm-hmm. it could have been something to break it up a bit, you know? Yeah. Or, like, like, a funny, like a funny article could have been yeah. what type of romance reader are, like how to dress up as these readers from XYZ books, you know? Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite rom-com like, trope? <laughs> exactly. To, yeah. like, do a quiz or something like Do that quiz, in there. Yeah. I think Classic. you know what a reader consider hiring us as freelance <laughs> writers. There you go. Absolutely. I mean, and that said, I wonder. I, I feel like I should have looked it up, but I wonder how new they are because it makes sense if they are a newer magazine that they're still trying to. Figure I think out what the copy doing. I have is their tenth copy, and I think they have one coming out every quarter. Every quarter, yes. Yeah, so it's only it's been like a couple years. Yeah. That said, I want to mention one more magazine on my end and it's the Paris Review. Shout out to Laura for telling me about it. So I haven't actually read the Paris Review, but it comes highly recommended from another book lover. And it's basically, it almost looks like a book, but it is sort of a magazine, especially in the sense that there is um so many different pieces of interest. Like you have interviews in there, you have articles, pictures of art and things like that. And I think it also oh no, it's not once a quarter. I think it's just twice a year. And it's quite it's quite thick, so there's quite a lot. But the point of it is pretty much the same as a magazine, but just gives you more. And I think it's focusing on like culture and the arts. And it sounds so lovely. And I flipped through I flipped through it and it looks so fun to read and I'm very excited to get my hands on it soon. All right, should we go into magazines that we enjoyed like the past? Yeah, in the past. I know. I think it'll be fun. I mean, so one of the ones I listed, it's like, I still would read it now. I just don't actually go out and buy it. It's Cosmopolitan. I do like it. It is fun, but I, it's not something I'm actively going out to buy. Like my mom might get it yeah. for me when she's like passing by. It, the price is just ridiculous in America. I think it's a joke and we could talk about that later. But uh, two other magazines that are, I guess, like baby versions of Cosmo um, <laughs> is Ms. and Seventeen. 
So Ms. I think was more of like a preteen or early teenage magazine that I, I would read a lot in England. I had stacks of these magazines. They're so fun to read. And then, you know, it's once you are like maybe 15, not even 15, once you're like actually 17, it's like yeah. I graduate to reading 17 and loved that. <laughs> And it's like once you graduate, when you're a little older, you're like, okay, I can graduate to Cosmo. So, you know, <laughs> I like that little trajectory right there of maturing. That's so true. And I guess that's like the point of what they were doing, right? They had like really targeted audiences, although we still read up for our age. Because I remember also sometimes reading Cosmo when I was younger. Because like there's some like, I mean, not scandalous tips, but like for a younger reader, maybe a bit scandalous, to be honest. I, mean, um, I think that'd be something I would pick up, but I was not allowed to buy it because I was like, well, you're yeah. not 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then also loved 17 Mag, Cosmo Girl, which was like also baby Cosmo. Love, I mean, all these like, um, what is there like a label for them? Just like women's lifestyle mags, I, I suppose, were really fun to read. I mean, again, we were saying such a big thing in the early 2000s. I don't even know what I was getting from these. Like, I mean, there was just the obsession of like oh, trying to find the right nail polish color to make my summer the best summer ever. You know, like I feel like those magazines definitely influenced me to think that way. As in, they influenced me to think that an outfit or a piece of makeup could change the trajectory of my life. I distinctly remember there was this cute, cute cardigan that they had in the magazine, and I found it in Macy's and I bought it. Funny story, it's still, I think it still fits. I actually should try it on. But I remember wearing it to New York for Magna's birthday oh my God. many, many moons ago. Um, yeah. But it, it, like you said, it influenced like what you They were influential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was doing its marketing job very well. Yeah. No, they, you know, the magazines were, I think, I think they were quite big money makers, I would assume, because people ate that shit up. And I am people, so. Um, and then I also want to mention this is so niche and like weird, but do you did you ever read or see Family Fun magazine? No. <laughs> this okay, so it's basically what it sounds like. It's like fun for the family, but I'm pretty sure it's an American magazine. So I was reading this growing up in Saudi, and so a huge point of it would be like you know fun crafts to do during summer, like crafts with the family, and like how to how to like make homemade water balloons and vacations to go on, but like in America, and it would be just all these like pictures of these white families having fun, and I would be like, wow, I was an only child. Oh, okay, feeling jealous, feeling jealous when you're also doing awesome trips from Saudi to like Africa and Asia. Oh yeah, like, I mean our trips were better, but it was I think it was just like I just found it so interesting to see what the American people <laughs> were doing. I, it was just, <laughs> I was so upset. Sorry, the way you, the way you, the way you worded it, what the American people were doing. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I feel like in my head, I was like, this is cultural research. This is what it's going to be like when I moved to America. <laughs> I mean, I was reading this when I was very young, um, but I think I also, there's a part of me that like wanted to have these experiences with my own family. But like I said, my family's very small, only child. So I just you know, read about other people doing them. Um, so fun. <laughs> um, and then another fave is like any food magazine, but I recall specifically reading Bon Appetit. And then my last fave, which also still a current fave, um, but it definitely stemmed from my childhood is National Geographic. I mean, iconic. I like I used to want to write for National Geographic and I mean, still dream job, honestly. 
the type of adventures these writers and photographers went on and allowed you to come along on with them were just so incredible and are still incredible. I really like Nat, Nat Geo and can learn a lot from them as well. I didn't allude to this, but I think I did with, in terms of price, but I want to talk about digital versus print for magazines with, mm-hmm. you know, like the rise of tech and all. You know, I think print magazines are still really important. That That's what we've had for so long. And people just like holding it and reading it. Yeah. But, you know, I think with tablets, iPads, e- whatever, e-readers, your phone, that more people are accessing it on their phone. It, it makes so much sense because if you already have your iPad. Why not pull up a magazine and read it there? Like one thing I wanted to bring up was like how they're starting to charge like a subscription for you to view like their digital like their blogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of is, um, like, like online Cosmo, things have you, paywalls. Yeah, it's really annoying with, to me though. <laughs> like Cosmo, like you you could just access their website and it, it wasn't even stuff that was on the magazine. It was just like random right. like mini op eds or like one oh ones or whatever. And now it's like Ugh, the good oh, old days. You you only get to look at two <laughs> articles for free, and then you have to start yeah. paying for it. Oh, always. And it's an outrageous price. And I was like, okay, I would pay this if I'm paying for the digital magazine subscription. But if I'm just looking at a random op-ed that's not even making it, why should I be paying this? It, it's not the math is not mathing here. Yeah. Um, no, I feel yeah. So that, no, yeah, I, I was annoyed with that. No, that is frustrating. And I guess I guess I personally like I think I would more I'd be more likely to pay for an in-person subscription and not like an online subscription although although I understand that I think it depends what what you want in a magazine and I think yes it could be worth worth your while to to pay for the online and I understand that you know these writers are trying to make money these magazines are trying to make um, money too but I guess again like I just read differently like I I also don't read that many online magazines probably because of the paywall and I'm not paying for them um but to me magazines are such a guilty pleasure that I want to read it in person and because you know I spend so much of my time already on the computer and when I want to break when I want to treat myself I'm going to do something off my computer I think like I, I hear you I think for me it's when I when I read an article if it's like oh these are the top 25 you know mascaras that have in January right and oh. magazines like like I know it's just so random but like like Allure magazine isn't charging you to read it, but Cosmo is. And I was like, this article is from like last year. I should not be paying for this. This yeah. is unacceptable. Yeah. Or if anything, maybe they could put like, understandably, maybe like their more recent stuff up, like behind a paywall, but like open up their archives. I think I saw stuff. I was like, oh, if you get the app, but then the app has uh, really bad reviews. Yeah. Cause and you pay for everything. But then it was like the app, but it was like the app in England is like, you could access it, but I can't access it. Uh, like, well, I can understand if you're going to suffer as a company if you're making your content inaccessible to readers. Right. That's the interesting thing, I guess. Like how – do you feel like magazines then are like less accessible than books in a way? I mean, I think – I get everything raising their prices and stuff, but yeah. I do think magazines are outrageous in price because no, – they are expensive. I, there, was like, there was some magazine and I was like $8 – for a magazine yeah. that is thin as anything, mm. like no. And then on top of this, in this economy, I could use those eight dollars to buy a half a like half a thing of eggs. Like, uh, I know you need to buy eggs, but I need to buy eggs, and I can't. I can't do this. That's why, again, like that's why it's like a guilty pleasure for me, and that's why I don't also subscribe because I might not want to read it every single month, or I mean, maybe like the quarterly ones are more doable, but I feel like. For the monthly ones, I'm not going to read a magazine every month and I'd rather treat myself whenever I feel like it like a few times a, 
a year, that sounds like not very much. But. No, I hear you. Like for me, it's I, I'm attracted to who is on the cover. Like after Bridgerton season two, I made my mom go out and buy everyone that had like copy that had um, Ashley, Simone Ashley and Teresa Chandra. Yeah. I was like, go buy them because they're not in America. Go buy them for me. And I was like buying like a Cosmo magazine or whatever because – Simone Ashley was on it. Otherwise, sure. if it's someone I don't know, I why am I? I don't feel interested in reading. Yeah, like your interview. And I also but, look at the yeah. like the the headlines that they put. But that's why. So the Tatler I tried to buy in London with you when we were denied. Um, it was the one with the Queen on it. Quite sad. Why didn't I just buy the magazine? What, I think we we were just because we're, it was because we're both hot headed people. We were, and so we're like, we were like, you're not getting any of our money. And then I never got that Tatler. Yeah, and I never got those crisps. Like, and I really wanted salt and vinegar crisps. We should have honestly, just bought the crisps in the magazine. But honestly, what a like classy combo. Classic. Prosecco and salt and vinegar crisps. And Tatler. No, I was so excited. No, like all three. Oh my God, chef's kiss. By the way, like perfect evening. I'm going to make my mom. My mom's coming next week. I'll tell her, bring me a Tatler. She's going to bring me crisps and I'll get a Prosecco and I'll just make a picture of what could have been. Amazing. I'm so jealous. Oh, those walk You're like going to have the walkers bro, and everything. Bro, we are so low maintenance. Like simple things that bring us oh, absolutely. pleasure right there. Yeah. Buy me a book. Like. Oh, add, in, add in book. Add, add, add in a gift card to buy me books. <laughs> That's it. That's all we want. I want to say one thing about how magazines are really expensive. The way that I read magazines when I was younger – was I would read them at the public library. Like that's how I was reading all, all those magazines I talked about because like you would walk in and then on the in the magazine area, which is like a whole separate area from, you know, like the different books, they had the, these shelves and the magazines were placed really properly sp- and spread out. And they had these like weird cover things so that you couldn't damage the covers because they're so thin. And I would like sit down in the big blue chairs, like grab a couple magazines and just read for a while and it was such a fun time oh what a good memory I, re- I remember doing that I'd be like oh like my dad had to do something around there yeah. so like my mom and I were just in the library reading a bunch of magazines so I can picture all that you're saying yeah I think yeah buying magazines would be like if because in Saudi you're not going to get the magazines you wanted anyways you know? so yeah if you, if you went to Bahrain or like it's when you're traveling that you're bringing it back to, yeah. to read Wait, that just reminded me. Did you also remember like all the Sharpie blackout on the <laughs> magazines? Yes. So like in Saudi, you did get those magazines in our compound, but they would black out any skin showing on a woman. So if you, she wore a sleeveless top, Sharpie out. Yeah, no um, cleave. Or if her legs are showing, like knee down, mid-thigh down. Nah, none of that. Sharpie out. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I, going bringing it back to digital versus print, I do I do prefer print. It is yeah. there is just something about like flipping through it, licking your finger, flipping the pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, writing in it like I liked dog dog earring. I'd be like, ooh, I like the sunscreen. Oh, the oh sunscreen, yeah, the, you know? for sure. Or like I'll like circle, be like, okay, I need to get this, this, and this, or like look for this, you know, in the stores. This is what I want. This is really making me want to get a magazine right now. <laughs> It's just so um, like satisfying. I think, again, the great thing about magazines is that you have so much at your fingertips. Like if you don't like an article, flip to the next one. If you like, you can take a quiz, you can find a, like a fashion thing, you can read something about politics all in the same magazine if it's, I mean, depending on the magazine. But And I think, I think that's why I wanted a reader to diversify it more because it was like, mm. I'm just reading. And it's sometimes nice where there's like a mind numbing thing where I could do a Sudoku here 
or like a little fun <laughs> quiz to be like, okay, like they could do it. They should do something on like book to screen adaptations, like a quiz, like obviously Hunger Games is from forever ago, but we're always going to have a love triangle book to screen adaptation. Be like, okay, so are you really like team Gale or team Peta? And like answer these questions and like, if you have most A's, it's team Gale. If it's mostly B's, it's team Peta. You know, like you should create a quiz, like send it to O-Reader. <laughs> O-Reader, if you really, if you need some creative ideas. We got them. here. <laughs> Do you want to hop to the next section? Yeah. Um, magazines versus books. I mean, I think I was kind of getting into this, how magazines just offer or like typically they sh- the nice thing about them is that they, they offer a diversity of different ideas in a small amount of space and very quickly. And so they're fun to read, especially on like short things, like short flights specifically. Great time for magazine. Waiting in the airport, also good mag time. Again, like guilty pleasure night when you're like really tired, but you just want something fun to read. Like maybe I'm not going to like dive back into the book I'm reading. I mean, I probably would later, but still so fun. Just pick up a magazine, you know? (laughs) No, I'm there with you. Um, And I think it's also really helpful when you're in a slump or something. You're just like, I just, my brain is just not capable of being sucked into this book right now that I just want something super lighthearted that... And like magazines, you don't even have to read them in depth. Like you, I, what I usually do is I skim through it all. Like, okay, this is what's here. This is what's here. And then yeah. I might go back and read whatever I was really interested in. But I will say, yeah, I think I was more into magazines in middle school than a bit in college. I think it's just, it's just not as prevalent anymore. And I think it's like the price and it's just the consistency to keep up with buying it. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm think it also... I'm not going to the store to buy it is a thing. Yeah, it, like books, it's easier to buy online than I feel like a magazine. Yeah, I was gonna say it also depends like what you're reading for because I feel like some people would are more likely to subscribe to the very um like more like hard journalism magazines like The Economist, all of like the financial business ones, like Forbes and things like that because maybe they're gaining more information from that. Um, and that said, I feel like magazines are a great way to learn things, maybe not super in depth, but just understand ideas quickly like what's happening around the world what's you know different topics of interest and I think that's a huge plus because you can pick up a book about it but it's going to be a lot more of your time and energy no you're so right like we talked I think more about like lifestyle magazines but you you know you've got the times as well and those are also interesting to pick up I think my brain has been a different minds again it depends like what's on the cover um I had my friend buy me one where Serena was on the cover Serena Williams so you know, it, it just depends that what they're also putting out, what information is being put out there by that company that is attracting you. Mm-hmm, exactly. But that said, there's so many different types of magazines. I mean, I think the ones we mentioned are pretty much all lifestyle-esque. There's just, I think the cool thing is that there's just so many different types. Like, I mean, there's like gardening magazines, there's magazines about painting, there's magazines about food and travel. So I think that's the fun part of it, you know? I have nothing else to add on this. Yeah, no, me neither. Just the fact that I think to wrap it up quickly, I'll just say for me, magazines and books are so, so, so different. Like I just – I mean they're both reading as, as we said, but I categorize them in such different buckets. And when I want to read one, it doesn't mean I want, want to read the other and you know, vice versa. I appreciate them both separately and they both have their values. And I want to read more magazines. <laughs> Um, if a reader wants to send us a free copy, <laughs> I won't say no. A reader sponsor us. <laughs> no, but I actually, really do. We'll make let, let us be your influencer. Yeah, I mean, we big fans of the mag with also many suggestions. So, but yeah, that is it for today. 
Thank you all for listening. As always, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. We want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 